shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. again. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Thank you, worship team. God bless you. Amen. Uh, to, uh, today we're going to be celebrating my son's birthday. He's studying three in two days. Yes, yeah, see how he's looking fine today. See the cock. <laughs> Amen. We're going to pray for him at the end of the service. There's one thing I, I will not forget. The, um, it was born November 22, 22, 2018. And I remember that day, um, Pastor Femi was in the house. I think she was in the house with one or two other people and we were praying. And there was a tongue and interpretation. And that thing, it didn't just stuck. I remember it clearly. It was said that his bed is like a marking of the changing of a season. And this is third birthday, and I know something is changing in the spirit. Amen. Something is changing in the spirit. His name, I don't know, his name is funny, is it not? Flesh and blood did not reveal it to me. But he came from my father in heaven. I, my intention was to name him Nathaniel. In fact, so it's still part of his name. That was what has always been in my head, Nathaniel. And then the summer of 2018, uh, when it was close to being born, I just was googling, you know, maybe following some Israel news, and I saw the name Av, Avraham. I was like, what's that? I just got in interest. And so Avraham means Abraham. It's the same thing. Abba, Av. They mean father. And the Lord spoke to me that I want you to name your boy Aviel, meaning my father is God. I don't know such a name existed, but when you Google it, there's a name exists. But that, the Lord spoke that name to me. So that's why the name looks very funny, but even But Avra is like Abiel. Mean my father is God, is Elohim. Amen. That was the name that I was given to call him. And I, I feel that thing was well, that at that point it came, the thing just sank in my spirit. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Are we blessed to be in the house this morning? Let's open our Bibles to uh, the book of James. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> the book of James. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. From chapter 1, verse 1. Amen. These are one of the most difficult books to unpack in the New Testament because it seemed like Old Testament, the way it talks sometimes. 
Amen. In fact, new creation reality boys just they just carry this whole book and just <laughs> Amen. But this book and together with Peter is the book of everlasting life. Um, amen. They are the books of everlasting life. And that what I call it the book of lasting life, stretch life. Amen. They teach you how to stretch life. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. James, a servant of God. Original King James called it a bond servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. To the twelve tribes, you see, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. He's writing to all the church, all believers. To the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. I will not explain that what that thing means more, but I'll just leave it like that. Amen. In the spirit, they are Jews. In the spirit, they are Christians, so not physical Jews. They are Jews. What marks a Jew is it? A Jew is one who is a law keeper. Yes. And he's talking about, and the law of the New Testament is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Yes. I'd say I don't want to say it. You can controversial. Amen. But when you start learning Christ, you are becoming a Jew in the spirit. Yeah. Circumcision of the heart. I got that. Yes. You know, born again is for your spirit, man. Christ formed in you is for your heart. Yes. It's for the culturing of the heart. It's to make you a Jew in the spirit. Amen. Meaning, what, what, what made a Jew man a Jew? He kept the law. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. He kept what? The law. Hi. I'm sorry. <laughs> Amen. Have I hit somebody? What is our law in the New Testament? The law of the spirit of life in Christ. It means the doctrine of life of Christ. Are you hearing me? Um, I will go back just a little bit just to help some people. Just to help some people. So, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Amen. The doctrine of Christ. Praise God. Um, let's see something. So, they call it the, the law of the spirit. Uh-huh. Let's see what that spirit, what that spirit ministers. That's First Corinthians. Shall we begin to commend ourselves again? I think it's First Corinthians chapter 3. Amen. Just for somebody here. Second Corinthians chapter 3. So gain understanding. Amen. Alright, do we begin to verse 1? Chapter 3, verse 1. Do we begin to again to commend ourselves? Or need we, as some others, epistles of commendation to you, or letters of commendation from you? Ye are our epistle written in our hearts. Known and read of all men. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not in tables of stones, but in the fleshly tables, I use an epistle of Christ, ministered by us, in the fleshly tables of the heart. So the epistle of Christ is for the table of the heart. First, Amen. The epistle of Christ is for the table of the heart. And as such, as such trust have we through Christ to God word. 
Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, who has also made us ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. So being a minister of the New Testament means you are a minister of the Spirit. So begin to mark those words. Minister of the New Testament means you are a minister of what? Of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Verse 7. But if the ministration of death, greeting and engraving in stones, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away, how shall not the ministration of the Spirit, again, so the ministration of the New Testament is the ministration of the Spirit, be rather glorious. Now again, verse 9, for if the ministration of condemnation be glory, much more doth the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. So, I did not thought there's this one ministry. Ministry of the New Testament is the ministry of the Spirit. And the ministry of the Spirit is the ministry of what? Of righteousness. And we know that the ministry of righteousness is the doctrine of Christ. We call it world of righteousness. Amen? For I'm not ashamed of the doctrine of Christ, for the gospel of Christ, for therein is it, for the Jew first and also to the Gentile, for therein is the righteousness of God, what? Revealed from faith to faith. So, a man who has accessed the Spirit is a man who has accessed Christ. Amen? And to God, you are becoming a Jew. Am I, am I complicating? Because now you are keeping what? Law of Christ. His law. The Old Testament is no longer His law. Do you get me? Though you can learn His nature also in the Old Testament. Am I communicating? But it's not His law. His law now is Christ. Amen? Somebody say it. His law is what? His law is Christ. So if you are a law keeper, Amen, then what are you in the Spirit? You are a Jew of God. In the spirit. You are an Israel of God in the Spirit. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. So you see, those, the language of James was a language of law. <laughs> Amen. If you, if you can crack this code, James becomes simple to you. When he's talking about the perfect law of liberty, he's not talking about Old Testament. He's talking about Christ. When, he says, when he's talking about, show me your faith and I'll show you my faith by what I do. What he's saying is that, I will show you my Christ by how I live Christ. Amen. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you see James, you, you will comprehend James well. Amen. What am I saying? You will comprehend James well when you understand James. That James is talking about the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Aha. Uh-huh. Praise God. Amen. Now, how many of us know that James was a physical brother of Jesus? Yes, the girl level. He called himself a bond servant of that Jesus. <laughs> See, we're not the same level then. Well, actually, we're not brothers. Let me just say, don't know man after the flesh. In the spirit, you are my God. Just because he's just the same mother. He's in Belen Bonus. <laughs> but we're really not brothers. Amen. So I am actually, I am your bond servant. Amen. Now, 
when when James what when James was was talking from the realm of everlasting. Amen. Hear me, somebody. James was speaking from the realm of what? Everlasting. Proof later, I began to talk about the Father of Light, in whom there is no variableness, nor shadow of turning. He was describing the everlasting Father. Amen. He was describing the everlasting Father. Amen. So now, that the very first statement, Amen. Okay, for example, most people, when they want to define themselves, my name is James, I'm an engineer. So, <laughs> so people define, my name is Kolade, I'm a medical doctor. Most people, and we will say, my name is John, I'm a pastor. That's how people define themselves. James was an apostle. When he wanted to define himself, he said, my name is James, I'm a born servant. It means bond servant is higher than apostle. Because you define yourself by your highest accolade. See, if you are still define yourself, I'm a nurse, I'm a doctor, you need more Christ too. <laughs> That's the problem. You are still cut out somewhere. Amen. Your, your first de de definition. Oh, glory to God. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. If you are in milk, your first definition, I'm a child of God. If you are in meat, your first definition, I'm, I'm becoming a son of God. Amen. That's the first definition of your life. Now, so James, it means that the end of everlasting life is this statement. James, a bond servant of God. When you journeyed in everlasting, it means that, because who is at the end of everlasting life? The everlasting father. So the end of your relationship with him is that you are a what? You are a bond servant. You know, bond servanthood is sonship. What did I say? Bond servanthood is what? I, I don't enter today. I enter trouble. I put myself in trouble. <laughs> Amen. Because how did I explain myself? Praise God. Do you know by your obedience and your assimilation of my knowledge, you can be more of a son to me than over my, my physical earthly son. I don't know if I'm communicating. I, I, sometimes I hear maybe about the Baradebo when they invite him to, you, you call them his son. They're not in his ministry. He say, my son. And they, they, I, he went to Dunamis the last Sunday. Then he prayed for Pastor Eneche. And Eneche is not even ashamed to call him. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. So, do you know, as a father, everlasting father, sonship is not just that he bettered you. Sonship is that he bettered you by content, by teaching and obedience. So, how do you become a son if you are not born? 
Sometimes when you watch some of those old movies, you see some people who were servants. They came in as slaves or servants in a home. Because of their service, the man of the house. I give the those old classic movies, you know the white guy, all his sons are rabbit boys. <laughs> all his physical children, they are all rabbit boys. Then is that the black slave that is the most trusted in the household? He will give him everything. To him, that is more of a son than the rabbit boys. So sonship is by content. Amen. Sonship is by what? Is by content. The reason why you could be a daughter of mine or a son of mine is by content. You are assimilating content. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. So it means that to be a complete son of the Father, which is the son of the living God, what have you done? You have assimilated all his content. So the Bible now says, as the father had life in himself, so he has given unto the son to have what? To have life in himself. How was the journey? Jesus will say, I only do what I see my father doing. By the time Jesus came into fullness, who who was the fullness? He was not learning anything else from anybody. It was that brutal. Is it Peter he's learning from? All of them, the twelve, he said, foxes have their holes. Twelve people were around him. None of them could give him rest. They were all troublemakers, as far as he was concerned. <laughs> he had to be praying for them. He said, Peter, Peter. He said, Peter the devil has sought to sift you. But I have prayed for you. I see labor. It's different from rest. If you are always praying for you, it means you are not yet giving rest. You are a labor. <laughs> Amen? You are a labor rather than a rest. <laughs> His sons that are rest. And to be a son to the father, you must be born. James was wise. They say, James, the brother of our Lord Jesus Christ. For we are, they won't give him any revelation. <laughs> Everlasting revelation. He saw Jesus. He, he said, okay, now I'm this, I can see how I know they used to play when they were small. They would play, ah, they would play, they would play, whatever they are playing. Excuse me, remember one time Jesus was ministering. Who did the mother come with? Mary came with the boys. They didn't come to come and hear ministration. They came to come and discuss something with him. Do you get me? Because by then it was causing a lot of pro- problems. In the whole area, do you get me? So, they, for example, if I'm causing you a lot, after a while, you talk to my mom. Say, mommy, please talk to your son. <laughs> so, somebody must have reached out to Mary. Please tell Jesus just to calm it down. It's causing too much work. So, they came. Then Jesus knew what they had come for. What did Jesus now say? Who is my mother? In the affront, too, because he knew what they came for. He was not disrespectful for his mother. He was just addressing that thing that came. Who is my mother? Who is my brother? <laughs> Do you see that? They that what? 
Can somebody help me find that scripture? Somebody help me find that scripture. Hallelujah. You see, all this life is pointing to make you bond. If at the end of this life you are not bond, you will not be trusted. Yes. Let me tell you one thing about in the realm of excellence, when you start having everlasting sense, there's one thing you don't want to make the same mistake twice. That's the realm of excellence, the realm of everlasting. Do you get me? After Lucifer fell, do you think God would not have vowed that another soul never arise? God would have vowed. Huh? Matthew what? 46 to 50. Let's go there. God would have vowed. So sometimes, Matthew 12, 46 to what? 50. Amen. Let's read it. Why he yet talked to the people? Behold, his mother and his brethren stood without. Those are his brothers, physical brothers, because he was with his brethren. His disciples were there with him. So his mother and his brothers were there, stood without. So they were outside. They did not come to hear message. So they came with another spirit. Been, they must have been spoken to. Amen? So they were outside waiting for him to finish talking his ministration. Because right there, at that point in time, we had to correct a problem, a family matter. So when you finish your life meeting, after service, come outside come and see us. We have a family matter to discuss. It has nothing to do with the people you are talking to. <laughs> Amen? Stood without, desiring to speak with him. Then one said unto him, Ah, your mother is here, behold, thy mother and thy brethren stand without desire to speak with thee. Verse 48, And he answered and said unto him that told him, Who is my mother? And who are my brethren? And he stretched forth his hand towards his disciples. And he said, Behold, my mother and my brethren. He demonstrated, in front of them, then verse 50, he now says, For whosoever shall do the will of my Father, my Father, which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and mother. Now, who was he? The Son of God. So if you are his brother, who are you? A Son of God. Are you seeing it? So what was Jesus born to? He was born to his Father. Praise God. He was born to his father more than his father's house. Because his father's house came to see him. He was born to his father more than his father's house. Now, you will know that Jesus is not against mother and father. Because after everything was corrected, who was there when he was being crucified? His mom. And again, he now won't correct anything again so that she doesn't lose heart. Say, forget me. I'm going somewhere. Amen? Uh, But he was respectful to his mom. 
praise, and the monk consistently followed him. So it means that the issue was addressed. Praise God. Hallelujah. But he wanted to establish another there. More than. He was born to his heavenly father. More than. His earthly household. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Are we ready today? We will crack this code of bond servanthood. Because except a man is a bond servant, he is not yet a trusted son. That's just the thing. Praise God. You know, there's one thing, I'll just tell you, there's one thing that every pastor suffers is heartbreak. Constantly heartbreak. Huh? By who? Hey. <laughs> Should I start sharing? <laughs> by, by congregation? By everyone. You'll be broken into pieces and over again and dig at me. So uh, if one thing is that then they now call the father who? The Bible says, Oh, ye should give ye, O shepherd of Israel. Meaning, who is the father? He's also a pastor. Ah. Uh, hey. Hey. He's also what? Not pastor, as an earthly pastor. He's, a, he's the original pastor. The chief shepherd, thank you. The chief shepherd. Because a shepherd is a what? Is a pastor. So if so, somewhere when as a pastor, pastoring, you journey through how many many heartbreaks. And I now begin to think, as I what has the father suffered? Me, I'm complaining. <laughs> what has the Elohim been through? Thank seven point seven billion people heartbreak on a daily basis. Puncture after puncture of his heart. That's how when Jesus is coming, who is also the everlasting father. What would he say? And they that pierced him. You, can, you know you can't touch him with anything physical. You can't touch him with any physical sword. Are you hearing me? Fini, do you know you cannot touch Jesus with anything physical? But your disobedience, you pierced him. Heartbreak upon heartbreak. That's his life. In fact, that's his normal life. <laughs> that's what they, what do they call it? The first definition of charity. Long, long. Just by sitting on the throne, he's just suffering. Amen. You may be looking at you and say, Ah, Efe should be here. And she's here. That is already what? It's already heartbreak. That's really heartbreak. So because of all that heartbreak, do you know there's, there's a policy in heaven? <laughs> what tell me, how do you ask you, what is the policy? If you're not a born servant, no son of the living God sheep. You must first be, they will first see the, and James was now trying to explain the process more. 
Let's see, verse 1. James, a bond servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. Now, this is the process of confirming your bonding. My brethren, my waiting, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have a perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Now, do you know what is the, all the enmity of your bonding is? Your enmity of your bonding is that you are wanting something that you have not quite gotten yet, and so you are threatening God that you will move away. That's all the summary of your, your problem. The summary of your problem is that there is still something that can divide you from God. Make you, and what's the opposite of not being divided? Bonding. Amen? I don't, am I speaking to somebody here today? I don't know what it is. It could be anything, no, anything at all, no matter what it is. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. Let's begin to list them. Let's begin to list them. And the man who was talking here had faced them. That's why I was able to talk like this. <laughs> it's not that you face them, all these things, that you can see the same. No, we will quote that scripture. Don't quote it here. Have you faced all the things that I listed? When you have faced it, then you can now also see what Paul said. What I'll be reading here is what we call diverse manners of temptation. Let's see. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Oh, glory to God. Verse 35. From verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, or persecution or famine, or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded, hear me, I am persuaded that neither death, death is a temptation, nor life, life is also a temptation, nor angels, angels can be a temptation, I will explain it all, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present can be a temptation. Nor things to come can be a temptation. Nor height, nor depth. Nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from what? From the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Now, hear me. How can death be a temptation? Death can be sweet. Not so. Death can, death, when I mean death, death is the manner of life of this world. Is a life that men can live and say that they will not serve God. There is no God. So it means there must be a sweetness in death. Praise God. Also, life can be a temptation. Because they not just say you should go to life. They say we go from life to everlasting life to eternal life. It means you can be learning life, learning Christ and be at ease in Christ. Be at ease in life. And so he can stop you or hinder you from going to the next level. 
This is very serious to deal. Should I crack a joke so that we can laugh? Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. No, angels, you know you can have angelic visitation administration and you think you are okay. In what they're just saying is that anything that will make you feel you are okay when you are not yet there. Praise God. Until you've touched the love of God. Did you know how they started with the love of Christ? He ended with the love of God. They don't mean words, I tell you, these apostles. Look at verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Verse 39. Neither death nor death creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God. One is higher than the other. My sister Avang, you're welcome. It's good to see you. I trust everything went well. Praise God. Amen. She knows what I'm talking about. Praise God. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. So, in this journey to God, praise God, in this journey to God, the intention is bonding, final bonding. You are bonded to God. And in this journey to God, there are many enemies of your body. Praise God. Now, let's now begin to be very sincere with ourselves as I'm talking. There's been many times you've been tempted to go. In your mind, in your thought process. It means that there's still something that can separate you. And it's not that, it's not only you, not that I think you, maybe I'm, no, all of us. <laughs> Do you get me? Do you get me? Amen? Do you see half days when you are down? Ah, this thing, this, this is like all life to me, this is all prosperity, this is all. I'm confessing my sins. What does that mean? There's still some gap. Huh? There's still what? There's still some gap between you and the Father. Praise God. As we pray earlier this morning, there's that song, the song just stuck to my heart. One song, don't sing song, don't sing it. Leave me at the altar with my father. Say, leave me at the altar with my father. That's that in there. <laughs> He's thinking, he may, he may not even know what it means. He said, leave me there. Amen. But we know it's not just by singing it. It's by journey. The, to bring you to the Father, amen, is a journey. Then they, now, they should now leave you there. Sometimes they will bring you there and you will have setback. 
taught to go back. <laughs> Amen. But <laughs> that is that you know when when he, that song leave me at the altar. You know it's not men that you are praying to live. You are praying to angels, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost needs to do some things in your soul to bind you, so that you will be left there. Because if they leave you alone, you don't want to be left there. I am your worship. Leave me at the altar with your my father. Amen. And it says that I am your living sacrifice. Sacrifice. I am your worship. This song just stuck this morning. So, who is a living sacrifice? A bond servant. That's it. Do you know what they mean by sacrifice that is living? Do you get it? Do you know what they mean by sacrifice that is living? It means it's a sacrifice today, tomorrow, and forevermore. Otherwise, it's a dead sacrifice, not so. They killed it, it's dead, and they've eaten it today, tomorrow. They have to now sacrifice another thing. But God wants to give you enough life that He can be killing you daily and you are still alive. Living sacrifice. Now, hear me. That word living is tied to everlasting. Hear me. Jesus was talking one day. It was kind of a parable, but in the spirit it means something also. People were going to say, I want, people were calling them for this. He was telling a parable of them calling people. Some people were not giving excuses. Sorry, I want to go and bury my dead. <laughs> Jesus said, let the dead bury their own dead. For God is not the God of the dead. But it's not physical. It's not physical. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. Hosea talks about we living in his sight. Now let me now tell you something. I want to break news to you. In God's sight, the population of the earth is not 7.7 billion. That is man's calculation of earth flesh. Yes, he knows that one somewhere. In God's sight, the population may even be a few thousand. Because it only counts population by the living. How do I know? God was counting population one time, about 4,000 years ago. He counted the population. There was only one living. What was his name? Noah. What did God say concerning him? A righteous man. Who, what is righteousness? It's like type of Christ. What is Christ? Life. Do you get me? So who is a righteous man? A righteous man is a living man. A man who has life. Or in the New Testament terminology, has Christ. And so when God is counting population, he's counting Christ. Don't say, don't tell anybody I say this one. <laughs> Population, but I'm talking about Father, the living God. And when he's counting population, oh my God, I don't know, they are permitting me, please. 
When he's counting population, he's counting the living, not the dead. So he also he counts those who are born again. So he asks, he can count them. He also counts those whose soul are living also. How do I know? Oh, we have entered today. Sorry. I apologize. On my behalf, <laughs> we have entered some strong meat, some serious meat today. Amen. How do I know? How do I know? The Bible says, did the Bible say that the whole heaven rejoices when one spirit is one? No. What did they say? The whole, the whole heaven rejoices when one soul is one. They, they, they don't mean what? Amen? What did I say? They don't what? They don't mean words at all. Guess what? You know every minute somebody gets born again as a new spirit. So does that mean that heaven is rejoicing every second? Huh? Yeah, yeah, they are rejoicing, yes. But when they say the whole heaven rejoices when one soul is one, they are talking about a soul that has become a Christ. They are talking about what? A soul that has become a what? A Christ. The same way they rejoiced when Christ became Christ. Praise God. Praise God. Now let me come down. Let me come down. Let me come down. From the moment you get born again, they call you a child of God also. The Bible now says in Colossians that as long as you are a child, they don't, can't give you inheritance. Also, what will they do instead? They will put you under the custody of servants. Amen? Under the custody of servants. So as long as you forever remain a child, no inheritance. Because inheritance are for sons. Somebody say, this is true talk. This is true talk. Amen? Is this not plain? You are saying it plainly. So, as long as you are a child, even me, even, even we earthly fathers, how much more God? Your baby, your two-year-old baby. The best thing you can give him is cupcake. You won't buy a car for him. <laughs> I just shouldn't have here. <laughs> you think you're expecting something more? <laughs> you can do. If you even give me your laptop to play with, it will spoil the thing. And it will now laugh after you have finished spoiling it. <laughs> and you can't do anything. <laughs> like, don't give them 
my buddy Gibbs and he uttered his crack crack. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. So imagine you, you are a child of God. You know that thing is very joyous and very happy. It's good. Great. But as long as you remain a child, you cannot receive inheritance. Let me now tell you what all these juice and cupcakes are in the spirit. Do you know what juice and cupcakes are in the spirit? Physical things. Toys. How is a toy, don't you know? It is a toy. If it, for you, because you don't have the money, it's not a toy. <laughs> We're going to ask millionaires. Is a toy. This is my, this is my new toy. Uh, private chair, that's it. Go, we forgive them. For that. <laughs> now, if something can be a toy for an unbeliever, what is it really? It's a toy. Simple. <laughs> Amen. God, we also have to deliver the church from that private jet seat. Yes. It's also some kind of deliverance that is necessary. Because if we see some rich people drive private jet, they drive it like toys. If something is a toy for an unbeliever, it should not be a main thing for me. It's not my main cost meal. It can't be. I can desire it. But if an unbeliever calls something a toy, oh my God, to me it's dung, in fact. <laughs> we are better. So everything on this earth is a toy. Toy is something that maybe, you know sometimes maybe there are some toys that maybe they are made of clothes. That when you soak them in water, you have to throw the thing away. Amen? So you will see sometimes maybe like from flooding, houses will have destroyed. They can't, that house is unlivable. What is it? It's a toy. Amen. So it will take someone who has now enrolled in service. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. Someone who has now enrolled in what? In service. To now begin to be worthy of a wage called inheritance. Now, Hear me. In the spirit, there are three kinds of service. And all of them are you use different faculties <laughs> of your of your trinity, spirit, soul, and body. The first kind of service. If you want to just use for the better sake of the world, I call it milk service. Or the Bible would call it be not conformed to this world, but be it transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may be able to test and approve what is what? That's good, number one, acceptable, number two, and perfect will of God. So it means that God's will are in three dimensions. Hear me. So what did I call the first one? Milk service. Milk service essentially always involves the use of your time and your physical intellect and body for service. Am I communicating? 
And what did I call all three of them? Will of God. This good, this acceptable, and it is what? And it is perfect. Now, when you begin as a born-again child of God, it is impossible for you to do the acceptable will of God. It's not possible. Until they open the eyes of your understanding. So, by default, what's the first kind of service? Good. Amen. And you must do that one. Praise God. Your good service is your physical service in your local assembly. If, for lack of a better word, to put it. Are you hearing me? Because you should be there physically. I guess you're an usher. You are standing there physically. Being an usher does not take revelation, does it? <laughs> Amen. Amen. But you can use revelation to help it. But for the most part, you have to greet people. You have to welcome people. Amen. And sit them down. When I mean revelation, it does not take Christ's revelation. You can do it without Christ's revelation. But you do it better with Christ's revelation. Are you seeing that? So, there are some kinds of service that you cannot do until your eyes of your heart have been enlightened. God will help me today. Now, let me tell you something. Why? Why can you not do anything more than goodwill at that hour? It's because really, the only space you have for God, both intellectually and physically, is just to go to church on Sunday and go for an activity. The rest of your soul is capsulated in ambition. The rest of your soul is encapsulated in movies, shows, all manners of things. That's why. So to unlock the next level of service, they have to break those things down. If when they break, for example, let's say your soul is entangled in watching a movie. You must watch one movie a day. And then by Christ's revelation, they're able to break down that movie. What happened to your time? I'm trying to make it very plain and practical. You have two additional hours to serve God in a day. Practically speaking. Are you seeing it? So the first thing, when you get born again, you see the first thing that, okay, who will start? They will now invite you to church. You will come in with half leg and with your phone on. <laughs> Praise God. And back over the, and most of the children, they will be dragging them to church. And once they, once they sit down, then <laughs> after a few, a few months, you now hear one word that pastor said. They now say they are calling people for a believer's class. You now enroll in believer's class. Before you know it now, you now be coming to church. At least you can put your phone in your pocket. Progress has been made. Ah, that was very... God is very... Then the next thing, you now say, oh, we are doing prayer, so... Ah, no, you people have come. No, 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 no. <laughs> Another fight has come. But maybe one year later, that brother will join prayers. It means another thing has managed, has overcome another thing, manage another thing in their schedule, in their mind. 
Then you now open to such a brother who is now holy, praying. Say, there's one meeting, no fellowship. They teach you, say, how long is it? That's what some people ask
By the time you see somebody wants to teach and he sits down, you just in your mind you say, hey, you be looking at time. <laughs> that they have to sit down to talk. Ah, trouble has started. Trouble has begun. But I've tried it before, making it shorter. It doesn't work. We used to close at 12.30. We were not growing. Souls need to be taught. And you need to, you need to take the time to immerse in the world. It's a service. In one of righteousness, I said, we don't need too much. You know, they don't need too much. The only way they do their, I mean, have you even watched, noticed, the only way they do their worship team. You say they won't wear, they don't wear, they don't, they not too much uniform. You, sometimes you feel like they don't even practice. Some will just come and start doing spontaneous. <laughs> I'm sure they practice. But you know, in church, practice is different. Because we every week, you guys have to do like three hours. It's not the same in world of righteousness. It is not. And it shouldn't And nobody should say, oh no, we need to make it. No, it shouldn't be like that. There should be some level of practice. But because some of the songs are also coming from the Spirit. Amen. So you will see that if you, if you watch assemblies, there is less emphasis on that milk kind of service. Because just by hearing the word, you are already doing a higher service. Or another grade of service. Praise God. Amen. So be at peace. There's not too much work here. <laughs> There's not, not too much physical work. The work is for you to learn. That's the first priority of the work. Amen. And as people grow, you will see people will start seeing gaps and taking up responsibility. It means that their sacrifice is increasing. Yes. Capacity is increasing for sacrifice. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I, I tell you something. Your capacity can increase. The one that God used to shock me is prayer. I never thought my prayer capacity can increase. But in the last two years, God forced it out. And now I, I, can, I, will just, I can pray and I can forget myself. And not <laughs> Time has gone. <laughs> Praise God. It means your capacity can increase. It means your capacity can so increase that you can even just be serving. You can be singing worship here, doing technical, and you not even feel it. You not even think you are doing too much. And nobody even told you. It's just because capacity has increased. And it's not because this one, it's not like the one in church will be suffering, no. What? Because we have now realized there's nothing else to do with life. Yes. What am I doing? What else am I doing? Okay, last time, even if I walk 10 hours and I get home, I sleep, wake up, what else am I doing with my life? Really? I'm talking about level of bond servants. I know we have many things we are doing with our life. <laughs> so he gets me. <laughs> But when you are getting to the season of becoming a bond servant, you, your, your schedule will be free. Timetable will be free. Yes. 
I say timetable will be what? Will be free. Sometimes it's the Lord that wants to tell you whether to go and watch movie or not. <laughs> if only goes to the world instructed to watch movie, there's a serious problem. <laughs> it means you have got sex. Holy Ghost, please, I beg. Okay, watch this movie. Like, <laughs> it can be normal. Oh, please. for this and that. How I can get free 5,000 channels. Hey, free you. Yeah, you just, I just need to bring the box. He will set it up. Ah! I was ready, I was ready decided. I'm ready, yeah, I'm coming. When, when next am I coming to this place? Free. And as I thought, I sent, I now sent the text message. Do you know the text message did not deliver? He doesn't have a phone. I know only go, <laughs> Oluwa is involved. <laughs> Until my head was correct. When I now knew that, oh, I did know I shouldn't do this. I now went to check the text and the text. The text message is not delivered. See, well, I now deleted it. Just bring, so you just have 5,000 free channels. Won't you be tempted to be watching things? He said, no, no, don't worry. I'll be reading Bible. <laughs> I don't let it be played, it's a lie. <laughs> Amen. So in the as you are journeying to fullness of everlasting life, there will be you see how they become nitty-gritty in judging attachments in your life. And when you get to everlasting life, you are dealing with the everlasting father who does what? Who counts the hair on your head? That's how, <laughs> that's how microscopic he is. That's what you are dealing with. Christ, because Christ knows you have many, many infirmities. So Christ will start with one at a time. He will start with one. That's why they needed Christ. That was the problem. Because if you are dealing with the Father, it's too much. Nobody could take it. You see, when the Israelites suffered, <laughs> when you are dealing with the Father, either he will bless you too much, or he will just kill you. <laughs> So if Christ says you have 25 infirmities, if Father is the one who comes, Father will judge all 25 at the same time and you will survive. But what will Christ do? Christ will take two at a time. 
And that's why another skill, another skill the Antichrist has not taught many in the reign of working in Christ is how to also fight. So why Christ is focusing on those two, Antichrist will teach you how to negotiate with the remaining 23. <laughs> I, don't know if any, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. I don't know if I'm, I'm complicating. Meaning, with the other 23 infirmities, as you know Christ is dealing with these two, you say, okay, take this one, but Christ, don't come for this one. That is a wisdom. It's not the wisdom from God. <laughs> it's another kind of wisdom. But Christ, that's how, that, if you want to know how Christ deals with us, Christ deals with us that way, precept upon precept. Christ doesn't just come as it, all at once. Amen. He's a flood, though. But the Bible says he will prepare himself as the morning, as a cloud, and begin to rain down on us as both the early and the latter rain. So he's coming as what? As rain. Even though he's a cloud. Eventually, one day, you will receive the entire cloud. But it comes as rain. Both the early and the latter rain unto the end. But when you've entered judgment, you have entered stony. Hailstone. It begins be and they are sharp. He's going after the microscopic problems. That and why is anything that why is it going after those things? Just ask me why. Why? It's very simple. They have the potential to separate you from God. That's it. A little list, living at the whole door. Amen. They have the potential to what? Separate you from God. And as long as anything has the potential to separate you from God, God will not yet entrust you with all himself. I don't, am I communicating to somebody today? He will not yet what? Entrust you with what? With all himself. He will be still be measuring out to you, precept upon precept, until you are ready to bond. Amen. I say until you are ready to what? To bond. Amen. So now, what is the process of that bond formation? How many of us remember our chemistry 101? Huh? Bond formation, bonding, organic chemistry. Not so? Covalent bonds, and which one again? Ionic bond. Which one is the strongest bond? Ionic bond, your spirit bond. <laughs>
they see you, you see himself as in a mirror, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are being changed to that same image from glory to glory. When nature and nature begin to march, by nature you will not move. If you said it by mouth, when Satan touches his own nature that is still inside you, you will move away. But if it's by nature, there is nothing to touch. Do you know by, by nature, some of you cannot just leave this place like that. Just get angry and walk away. <laughs> eh? We've left captivity captive. <laughs> I bet you you don't enjoy the movie. <laughs> By the time you 
decode all the evil spirits from the people who are making the movie before they even start the movie. Ah. <laughs> oh, when I went to go and watch Black Panther, everybody was doing this. Ah. I was seeing all the evil spirits of Africa. You see that when you go in the spirit, I see that leopard with in darkness with only the eye showing. I say, hey, issue. <laughs> and I made it, made it look heap. Yes. That's not all there is to Africa. So they think, what they're trying to project is that all you just need to do is bring science to Africa with their evil religion. No. There are Christians there. We're taking over. Don't bring anything. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Amen. So now, we cannot define salvation properly. Can somebody help me define what is salvation? Somebody, somebody, can somebody access the thought in the spirit? What is salvation? I know somebody will get it here. Who wants to try? Who wants to try? What is salvation? Who can peek in the spirit? I will start calling you people. Effie, go ahead. Sure. Okay, no, come up, come up so that everyone can hear. Yes. <laughs> what is salvation? Go ahead. Okay. So, if I'm thinking of salvation, I'm thinking of um, that part in Revelation that speaks about salvation to our God. Mm-hmm. So when he says salvation to our God, what does that mean? Um, Really, it means that God is the most saved, uh-huh. right? Yes. And he's the one that can dispense saving, saving. to yes. those that need to be saved. Yes. And the reason that we say salvation to our God, when we say salvation, um, something that contains salvation cannot be corrupted. It's yes. completely saved. Yes. It doesn't have an ability to be corrupted yes. or to be killed. To yes, yes. Okay, wonderful. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I want one more person, one more person, one more person. Ah, uh, okay. I'll teach you how to call people. <laughs> okay, I'll call Fee. Fee. Fee, come and give us your. Yes. You have been chosen. It's okay, she goes up my house, but you have been chosen. It's okay. <laughs> Come on, give us your thoughts. Hey, come in there, come in there, come in there. <laughs> I like to put people who are like that in under the spot. I know she doesn't like to come out. Uh, come. Come on, come on. Come on, come on. What is salvation? You've heard what Effie has already said. 
Just add. But um, I guess like from what I'm learning, um, salvation is basically being saved through the Holy Spirit. Okay. Um, basically being saved from anything that um, has that is inside of you that still has the potential to separate you from God. Okay. To make you to turn away from God. Yes. Um, and then even just from what we are learning today, um, I'm also learning that salvation is also coming into sonship mm-hmm. and that you cannot do without being a born servant first. First, praise um, God. Yeah. Are you saying wonderful, wonderful? So let's let's put it together. So so she said she said salvation is for anything that will cause you to be separated from God. I like that say now if you fuse that with FA statement, what is those things that make you separated from God? Corruption. Are you saying that? It's corruption. So corruption is what makes a soul separated from God. Uh-huh. So salvation is anti-corruption. Uh, it's not easy to define salvation. Salvation is God. Salvation is eternal life. The Bible will say God is our salvation, God is our refuge. So salvation is a refuge. And now finally, salvation is being bonded to God. Do you know why? Because God is salvation. Yes. So the closer you are to God, the more saved you are. Are you saying? So I so I got the second witness in the mouth of two or three witnesses. The truth is established. <laughs> so he said the same thing F.A. said in a different way. F.A. brought out what that thing is that separates us. Amen. Are you seeing that? Praise God. Corruption. So you will now see the statements. Let's go to First John chapter two. Harshamalafish. Now. As we are reading this, keep that thing in mind that Jesus said, Who is my mother? Who is my brother? Who is my sister? He says, Them that do the will of my Father in where? In heaven. Are you with me, somebody? Will of my Father where? In heaven. Now we broke that will down further. There is the good will of God, there is the acceptable will, and then there is the perfect will. Are you seeing that? Amen. So, learning the word of God is a chief component of doing the will of God. Amen? Service is a chief component. So when somebody is doing something, it's a service. Doing will is a service. So there's the good service, there's the acceptable service, and then there's the perfect service. Hallelujah! Are we, are we on the same page? Are we seeing this thing? Amen. Are we seeing service? So are we seeing how you're learning Christ is serving God? Until you see it that way. You need to see it that way. You're learning Christ is serving God. The first time the Lord taught me about this, it, it, didn't, I, I, it was difficult to, come, to catch it. He, talk, he said this to me. He said that 
He said that, for example, he used a library to explain it to me. That there are books. And where you store books is in a library. Now he says that library is serving its purpose by storing books. He now said that me, I am knowledge. A soul who agrees, and he says they are very they are very scarce. But a soul who agrees to be my library, he's doing service. Because I'm looking for where to outpour myself into. So any soul who agrees to be storage house, that is a service. Then he now said to me, look at those angels. In hierarchy of angels, the highest angels, they keep his word. Psalm 103. Blessed are ye angels who keep diligently unto the... Uh, unto, let's read it. Psalm 103. Psalm 103. You see that they are libraries. They are storehouses. That, that's why they call them messengers. A messenger is someone who has a message. They are carriers, carriers of messages. They are storehouses for you. I'm always falling this water down. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Psalm 103. Is everyone still being blessed? Amen. Amen. The Lord has prepared his throne, verse 19. The Lord has prepared his throne in the heavens and his kingdom ruleth over all. Bless the Lord, ye his angels that excel in strength. What is that strength? Excel in knowledge. For a man of knowledge excelleth in strength. So, first, immediately, who are they? They are storekeepers of knowledge, of strength. That is the first service. Before they even do anything. Then the next one, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. But it begins by story. Praise God. So you are doing a great service to the Almighty by being here today. Yes. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, someone will ask me, why does God call service storing his knowledge? Ah, Kamano Sikere Menos. Kai Shatai. Palakafatus Yedere. Hear me. Why do your father pay school fees for you to go and go to school and be a nurse? You are not earning any dollar. What are you doing in that school? You are investing and acquiring what? Knowledge. So you can you can be acquiring knowledge even if you are going to school for ten years. As long as you are in school, your father will be okay. <laughs> Why? Because he knows in the future that knowledge will bring ego and he'll be able to collect. Am I okay? That's a canal explanation. So is your father in heaven. He'll be giving you his knowledge. Say, I don't want you to do anything. Just be hearing. Just be hearing. He knows as long as you stay hearing, after a while, what would you do by nature? You, know, you may not want to ask him, what should I do? After hearing, I think I sank in and become your nature. <laughs> by nature, what would you be doing? When you wake up in the morning, if the only knowledge you have, the major knowledge you have is his, is his word, is his knowledge, by nature, you begin to live his life. He may not even have to even ask you. My son, my son. Have you heard of me today? Today I want you to do A, B, C, and then this is what you will say. No, no, sometimes it's not even like that. 
Sometimes by nature, because of what you carry inside, you are a storehouse of God's knowledge. You begin to interpret and judge life based on that knowledge. So are you seeing investment? Are you seeing service? So by nature, you'll be doing what God likes. Because what you know is what God knows. <laughs> Praise God. How God will resolve a judgment. Like how the Trinity resolved judgments. All of them. Ah, what kind of meeting is that? You have meeting. That meeting is very quick. Okay, let us meet. Let's discuss what we're going to do next. And then Father will say, I think we should make man in our image and likeness. The other one will say, let, yes, let us make man in our image. All of them. So what did the Bible now record? What did they say together? Let us, meaning all of us, all the Godhead. Let us. They all said the same thing. If it's us. <laughs> That's why you don't see a problem. <laughs> Amen. But the Godhead, and it's not like they exchange no to. By nature, they carry the same thing. Holy Ghost, what do they call it? The spirit of truth. So what, when, is, when he's searching what to do next, where is he searching it? In the scriptures of truth. Amen? The son, who is he? He is the truth himself. Then the father, when they ask him, what do you do with your life? The father will tell you that I look upon my word daily to do it. So where are they resolving all their judgment from? The father is taking judgment from truth. Truth himself is taking judgment from truth. <laughs> And the Holy Ghost is taking judgment from truth. So they all came to the same conclusion. Let us make man in our image and after our likeness. Praise the name of the Lord. So now, amen. 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 Now, now let's go into a bit more details. To be a born servant means that, though you may see have some variation, you would every single time break it, submit it, throw it away in exchange for what the person you are in service to is saying. Did you hear me? That's why it's born servant first and sonship. Now hear me, hear me well. Let's say Chirima wants to serve me well. You get me. But she came from a different background. I come from a different background. I have a different idea of what I want to do. She can't just come and decide because everything I say, she will question it. Ah, why, why is it say doing it this way? Why is this way? Because there's a gap. She doesn't have the knowledge I have. But if she says I'm a bond servant to Pastor James, do you know what that would now mean? That when I say something, even though she may not understand it fully, Am I communicating? Because I said it and she's bonded to me, she will do what I say even without the understanding. Amen? And typically, in, this, in, in God's case, what will happen is that he will give you understanding. Am I communicating? Amen? He will give you what? Understanding. So now, after a while, when Chidema begins to do everything I say, for like five years. After a while, I've already fi- in that five years, I've done all myself. What has she learned? All of me. Am I communicating? Then who is she? My son, my daughter. 
Because now she knows all of me. Because she submitted herself to what I am saying. Even though at that time also, in the realm of bond servanthood, you may still be at variance. This is the realm of coming into everlasting, life and life everlasting. You may still be at variance in your thought processes, in how you resolve some judgments. But what you now start learning is how to be obedient or how to come under what you are hearing. Amen? How to come under the doctrine. Amen? How to come under what you are hearing and subjugate what you, what you all know and put it under what you are hearing. Amen? So that after a while, by the time you start doing what you are hearing, you'll become it. And at that hour, when you become something, you are no longer at variance. Why? Because through the judgment, for example, let's just take just one example. Okay, I give, I give an instruction, I teach, I teach something, and then from the instruction is teaching obedi- uh, uh, for, forgiveness, or, amen? And then by your own calculation, the, you know, the, everything was, every set, that even in this situation, everybody will understand that you shouldn't be the one to let go. But because you are bond served, <laughs> you are serviced by bondage. Amen? You decide to forgive even though you don't want to. Amen? Then after a while, you will now see, maybe it will take six months. You will now see the result of that forgiveness. How that person will now come back later and come and apologize to you. And come and do something, meet a need in your life. That at that six month time, six months ago, you don't know you had that need. But six months ahead, because of making peace, because of the peace you made, you will see how that thing will come back and bless you. What has just happened to you that six months? Understanding. Was you now say, hey, so if I did not forgive this person six months ago, I will not have this help. Are you saying that? It's possible, yes. Do you get me? It's possible. Or later on, what, what would just happen to you at that hour is that understanding is finalized. You see that? Understanding is finalized. And at that hour, you will now be convicted that it's better to forgive. And once understanding is finalized, it is yours. You own it. Praise God. And that is how we'll be coming into from understanding to understanding. From understanding to understanding. Until we are now full of grace and truth. A son of God. Amen. But what does it start from? Service. To what? To bond service. Now, finally. Woo! Glory to God, somebody. Glory to God. Amen. Now, hear me. The good will of God is the first service. The acceptable will of God is fullness of service. Now hear me. The perfect will of God is a bond servant. Did you get that? Do you know that Jesus is a bond servant? Even as a son of God. <laughs> ah, yeah, I'm not Need to read scriptures. Even after Jesus resurrected, 
Do you know he's still doing the will of his father? He's, he, he said it now. That the will of my father, that anyone who he has given, that father has given unto me, that I lose not one of them. So he's still doing service, even after resurrection. <laughs> so you will never not be a born servant if you are interested in everlasting life. Everlasting life is the training of born service. So that's why they'll be training you everlasting life, how to love righteousness and hate separation. Hate iniquity, hate departure. Born servant is the perfect will of God concerning you. You will be permanently born to God. And to let me now make it clear. It means you'll be permanently born to the learning of life, everlasting life, and eternal life. Permanently born. So it's clear. You will not stop serving God. It means you will not stop growing. You will not stop learning. Now hear me. Even when you've learned everything and become perfect, son, born servant, where would, where would you sit? You sit by the Father, not so. You sit by by him in his throne. He says, uh, Revelation chapter 3, I'll cause you to sit by in my throne as I also overcame and sat in my father's throne. Amen? So you'll be with him. In the, you'll be with him in that place. Amen? That's Revelation chapter 3. What, cha- what verse is that? It's the last two or three verses to the church of Laodicea. So now, even if you are now going to start with him around that area, you will still be under him. You will still be learning from him. Are you seeing it? So, are you seeing? I'm teaching you the 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 the, the key. The key of eternal life is being born dead to God forever. And practically, it means being under God, learning God permanently. There will not be any time that. You will say that there's nothing you cannot learn from God. Mm-mm. There will not be any time. Even when you've known all the Bible, we will still be under. We will still be bound. Even if God used physical chain to bind me to the throne, it's okay. Let me just be there. Just be in that area, that place, man. Leave me there. Come on. Leave me. Just leave me there. Perfect will of God. May God bound us in the name of Jesus. Come glory to God. I'll give you an example of how this thing works. You know, this concept of bond servant is beyond service. Moses was giving judgments in the book of uh, Deuteronomy. 
And one of his judgments was about servants to a master in a master's house. He said, if you have served your master for seven years, do you get me? And just in your mind, he will compare that to Christ. He will say that to Christ. You are serving Christ, learning Christ. If you have served your master for seven years, he says, after seven years, you are free to go if you want to go. But if you now choose that though I am free to go, am I communicating? I still want to serve this my master in this house. Moses likened there to eternal life, <laughs> everlasting life. He said, What would they do? They will go and what they do is it to your ear? They will puncture your ear. Amen. So that everybody will know that now forever you are bound to this master, to this house. So what are you? A bond servant. It means you've tied your future and your destiny, all your children's future, everything concerning your lineage to this master's house. And God was the one who gave that judgment. <laughs> True Moses. Why? Because that's how he is. We will serve him. We will serve him to a place that people will say, Ah, but you can go now. You have tried. Have you not learned Christ? That after you've learned Christ, you'll still say, I want to stay here and be bound here. I don't want to use the Christ and live for myself. I want to live with God. That is the attitude of an overcomer. That is the attitude of one who is about to inherit. Father, we thank you. Lord, we lift up your holy name. We exalt you for today's solemn assembly and pour forth of righteousness. Thank you for the mercy of today. We've seen the light. We've seen the calling. We've seen the demand. We've seen the high calling. We want to be bound to our Father. We want to be bound to our Maker. We want to be bound to our Jesus. Father, I, I don't know if it's possible to pray this prayer. It's a very funny. I, I want to pray. I want to pray this prayer that God, even if, can you do something to me? That even though I don't I want to leave, I already agreed to leave. That you will not let me go. That kind of bounding. Even if I've already decided, I've already scattered, there's something, God, I praise, help us. Intercede and interject on our behalf so that we will not lose salvation. Even when we've concluded of separation you will not let us go hey we will be married to you make that vow I want us to pray this prayer from the scripture let's see yes Jeremiah chapter chapter 6 I'm looking for as we're rounding up Jeremiah, where you're saying I will make give pastors after your, your heart or something above that. I was looking for what chapter is that? 14. Thank you. Chapter 3, verse 14. Okay, chapter 3. 
There was something after ahead of that. Praise God. Verse Yes, 14. Turn O backsliding children, saith the Lord. For I am married unto you, and I will take you one of a city and two of a family, and I'll bring it to that. So what does he say? I am married, I am bonded unto you. That's what I'm looking for. For I am married unto can God do that for us? Marry us, covenant with us, be bound to us, Father. And is the cry of our God. Pray, pray. Speak out and pray to him. Pray that prayer to him right now. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, no matter what dark days we fall ahead of me, no matter what decisions I fall into in the days ahead, you will cost me to stay. You will cost me to be bound to your presence, to be bound to your word, to be married unto you in the mighty name of Jesus. You will cost me to be bound to my father. Whether I like it or not, whether I'm desiring of it or not, whether I'm panting for it or not, whether I've made decisions for or against it or not, cause me to be bound to my father. Cause me to be bound to Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Bonding. Increase the follicle of the molecules of bonding between us. Increase the ions of bonds between us. Ionic bonding, ionic bonding, ion bonding, ionic bonding, strong bonding, ionic bonding, strong bonding. Let us be bound in the spirit. Let us be bound in our souls. Let our bodies be bound to you. In the mighty name of Jesus.
they have met God face to face and, and, and lived. So really, it was the Lord he met. So, but Jacob wrestled through the night and said, I will not let you go until you bless me. Amen. So finally, just hear this. Amen. He said, I will not let you go until you bless me. And then when he was blessed, Jacob moved. But this is the attitude I'm, I'm sharing with you today. It's not just that I will take what you bless me with and you will go. The attitude is that you, God, I will never let you go. We'll wrestle through the night. We'll wrestle through the day. We'll wrestle through the morning. We'll wrestle the next week. We'll wrestle the next week until you stay. Because we are not asking God for a blessing. For blessing. I am asking God for the blessing himself. That we want to be bound to the blessing. We want to be bound to our maker. We want to be bound to God. Let us take it the prayer prayer again. Quickly, in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, give us the attitude of Jacob. The attitude of David. To be bound to you. From everlasting to everlasting. In Jesus' mighty name we are praying. Amen. Sorry. Um, uh, amen. You can go. You can go home and still pray that prayer. Amen. Amen. You can still pray that prayer. It will save you because there are times by nature you will be tossed to and fro. But it will take this prayer to save you. So you go home, be blessed. The Lord will keep you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Can we bring Abiel forward? Let's pray for him. Shine for you, dwells between.